Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm really excited to have on today's call Grant Baldwin, who is the founder of The Speaker Lab, which you can find at thespeakerlab.com, and is somebody who I met last fall at a Danny Innie event um, where we hit it off immediately. And he actually uh, essentially teaches and how people how to get booked and paid to speak and uh and he's kind of one of those people where you find on, on a particular subject in this case speaking who's just like an authority an expert on it and so he's essentially my go-to guy on learning how to get um get speaking gigs and so i want to bring him on today to talk about how to how to do that like what's the process how does he do it and how he's built his platform around that so grant thanks so much for being on the call with us today it is an honor and delight to hang out with someone quite like yourself tom who uh, has lived in nashville who will inevitably eventually be moving back to nashville even if you don't realize <laughs> it yet uh but you're you're a, a good dude and i'm looking forward to you living back here in nashville Awesome. I love it. Every time, every time we have this conversation, you, you bring up the Nashville connection, which I'm I love. I'm relentless. I'm relentless on it. <laughs> it's awesome. It is definitely one of my favorite cities in the world for sure. So we'll, we'll see if we can, we can end up back there. But right now I'm, I'm in sunny, but cold Aspen, uh, Colorado area. So it'll be a bit of a change. We're li- we live in our own little utopia out here. So it's just the weather's perfect year round. It never snows, no problems, no ice, but uh, yeah, you just stay out there in the cold and let me know how that goes for you. <laughs> Fair. So, hey, let's let's before we hop into the speaker lab and what you're doing with that, um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into uh, into speaking itself. Yeah. So I actually um, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor uh, really had a big impact on my life. It was was a great speaker as well. And so uh, that's really kind of what I wanted to do. And so I went to uh, Bible college, was a youth pastor at a local church for a little while. So got a lot of opportunities to speak doing that. I just really, really enjoyed it. Like speaking is one of those things. Just uh, it's just a lot of fun. And so after I finished up that that position there, I was kind of looking around trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life. And um, I knew one thing I really enjoyed was speaking. I met a couple guys who were speakers and was just trying to figure out like, is this like, is this a career option? Is this a, like a thing that you could actually do? Like, I didn't see this anywhere on the menu any. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure like, you know, how do you actually go about getting into it? And I think that's where a lot of people are of going like, I spoke a handful of times, but I'm not really sure what to do next. Like, I feel like it went well. I want to do this more. I would love to get paid to do it. But like now what, you know, do I just sit back and wait for the phone to ring? And what were those next steps I take? So found a couple of people who were speaking at the types of events I wanted to speak at. And so just kind of learn from them, like built relationships with them. Um, kind of figured out what I wanted to talk about, who I wanted to talk to, uh, and just kind of figured a bit of that about out over time. Uh, and so that's kind of how we got started. So that's that was probably eight, nine years ago or so. Uh, and at this point, uh, I've spoken at 450 different paid speaking engagements. We've clo- spoke to close to half a million people live uh, and, and 40, I think 45 different states right now in the U.S. And so, um, yeah, speaking is just a, a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, we've learned a, definitely learned a couple things along the way. 
That's awesome. What was the biggest event you've ever spoken at? How many people? Uh, 13,000. I did a keynote for wow. a couple of years ago, which was just a crazy, surreal experience. So I've been fortunate and I've been able to speak at, at several events that are several thousand people. And so uh, it's just, but that, that one was 13,000. Had one a couple of years ago that was uh, 8,000. So you have these big arenas where people are just staring at screens, really. So it's, it's always, it's very funny to me because in a room that size, you have basically the front row is looking at you, but everybody else is watching you on a screen and so and even the front row like you're right there but you still want see them looking at the screens on the you know on the <laughs> side of the stage there so it's kind of a just it's just a fun environment how does that uh, real quick before we dig into this stuff i'm just curious how does that change the dynamic for you as a speaker when you go to the in front of these huge audiences versus maybe smaller audiences yeah that's a great question i think two things one is um because everybody's looking at a screen you actually try to uh, hypothetically you try to spend more time talking to the camera than you do talking to yeah. the like you're talking to the the audience but you have to remember like they're they're all looking through the lens of the camera you know so uh, i try to I'll, I'll continue to talk to the audience just knowing that there are you know in some cases thousands of people out there and a lot of times the way the lighting is you can't really see past the first few rows you're just you're just kind of trusting people are out there uh, but a lot of times when i get to like a really key point or something i really want to hammer home a lot of times i'll try to just look into the camera to make that point because i know that's where that's what people are watching at that point uh and so that's that's a really key point. The other thing too that I've noticed is that the all your your motions, your gestures, your pause, everything has to be bigger. And so the way you speak to the way you and I would just hang out if we're, you know, if we're at lunch hanging out, the way you and I would talk to each other is very, very different than how you would speak to a group of 10 people. And the group of 10 people is very different than how you'd speak to a group of a thousand people. And so it kind of just multiplies up there in terms of your motions, your gestures, um, your, uh, how you move your voice around your, your, how you move and use the stage. A lot of times the stages in that type of setting are just massive. And so figuring out how you want to use that stage, how much of the stage you want to use. So everything's just kind of amplified and multiplied up. Uh, you also have to consider, too, uh, in terms of – like I use a lot of humor. I use a lot of comedy and stories. So you have to kind of factor in uh, allowing the room to get the joke and to laugh. And so laughter can be very contagious and it can kind of spread through a room a little bit. And so the – where in a group of let's let's say 50 you tell a joke everybody laughs for a second or two joke ends laughter ends you move on in a big room like the laughter may not die down for several seconds and so you want to kind of allow that moment to hang there otherwise you're kind of you're kind of trying to speak over the laughter and kind of jump over the joke uh and so you you got to factor in that as well so uh yeah just fun little like nuances there that, that make it slightly different yeah, I, obviously n nothing to consider for the person who's just getting uh, getting started, I would assume, but it's fascinating to hear anyway, because I'm just curious about that. But let's take this back maybe to kind of the beginner level stuff um, and how you, and when you got your start, uh, you know, I, I, how do you like, do you just will you speak on anything? Will you present on anything or do you in your case in particular, and then kind of what you suggest other people do um, or do you find some sort of niche or something like that? Like, how do you actually go about doing this to get you, your first kind of paid speaking gig? Yeah, there, I think it's a bit of both, especially in the beginning. You're, you're trying to figure out not only that balance of, of what you want to speak about, but what people are willing to, to pay you for. Um, assuming like that's the primary purpose is, is you want to speak to get paid. And so you want to try to figure that 
that out a little bit of what, you know, just because like if I'm the best possible speaker to speak about um, underwater basket weaving, it, it doesn't, that's great, but doesn't necessarily mean anybody's going to pay me for it. So trying to figure that out a little bit of what people are willing to pay for, and then also figuring out what, uh, what you like to speak about, what you're knowledgeable on, and then what resonates with an audience and what you feel like there's some things I'm pretty knowledgeable on, but I'd probably suck as a speaker on those things because they're just, they're not super interesting topics or, or maybe something along those lines. So, uh, there's definitely that, that balance there. So one of the things I always tell people is, is in the beginning, when you're getting started, you can start broad, meaning that I, maybe I speak about a couple of different top topics and subjects, but the goal is that over time you start to narrow that down. So you know that, uh, I am the best possible speaker on X and I am the go-to person on X rather than trying to be this generalist who is all things for all people. But a lot of it in the beginning, you're just trying to get at bats. You're trying to get better as a speaker. You're trying to be seen more. You're trying to improve as a speaker. You're trying to build those relationships. And so you may need a little bit more flexibility to kind of figure out what it is that you, you want to speak about. But having said that, uh, if you have the opportunity to speak, I think it's, you have to do more than just say, well, you know, I can, I can speak about anything. What do you, what do you, Tom, what do you want me to speak on? You know, but being able to say, Hey, here's like four or five different topics, you know, that I could speak. If you want me to talk about, um, uh, book marketing, if you want me to talk about blogging, if you want me to talk about productivity, if you want me to, you know, just depending on the nature of the event, you may have some broad topics that you could speak about. But the goal is that long term, you'd be able to say, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm the best person to speak about book marketing you know, like in your case. Um, so just figuring out what that topic is. And again, some of that just takes practice and some of that takes some time to figure out what, what works well with the audience and what works well with you. And I guess another part of that too, if you want to get paid for it, um, kind of what, what topics pay, or is that right. not necessarily the case? I don't, I don't know. You tell me. No, it is the case because, and, and so there, there are three key questions I always, I tell speakers to answer is first of all, number one, why do you want to speak? Why is it that you want to speak? Number two, who do you want to speak to? Number three, what do you want to talk about? So that why question is really important because if your primary purpose for speaking is to get paid, then that, and in some ways it a little, a little bit dictates and determines your answers to the who and the what questions, you know, again, going back to the example of if I'm the best speaker in the world at, uh, underwater basket weaving, and that's what I, I know the who and I know the what of what I want to talk about, but the why is that I want to get paid. Well, it's going to be a really hard market to speak on those things and to, to get paid. The, uh, yeah. let's talk about, we can talk a little bit about the, the getting paid aspect of it. Um, because I, I think there's a bit of a misconception here that a lot of people say, okay, I want to get paid as a speaker, meaning that I want to go speak and I want them to hand me a check at end of transaction. But I always try to help speakers realize that there's a lot of ways to get paid beyond just speaking on that stage for that that small period of time. So, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of years ago, I spoke at a conference and I went there and I did, I did a free workshop at this conference. Uh, and so as I, they didn't pay for my travel. Um, so it was really, it cost me money out of pocket to go and to speak at this event. So on paper, you might look at that event and say, Oh, well, you, you didn't make anything speaking at that. You spoke for free. Or in fact, it, you lost money by going to speak at that event. But as a result of just speaking at that small workshop, uh, I picked up, I think one or two coaching clients. Uh, I had a couple of people that were in that workshop that later joined. Um, one of our courses. Uh, and then I also uh, built a good relationship with that client to the point that they hired me the next year to keynote that event. And so even though I went and I spoke at that workshop and did that for free, that one free event led to you know close to $10,000 in revenue. And so I think it's easy for, again, a speaker to look at it and be like, wow, you, you didn't get paid. And you know I want to be a paid speaker. 
But in reality, like I was a really well paid speaker for that one free event. So begin to look beyond just the, and again, there's nothing wrong with getting paid for it. And, and, uh, absolutely when possible, try to get paid for it, but also look to figure out how can you leverage that speaking opportunity for other ways that you can generate business for or generate revenue for your business. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I, I, I think that's a, a kind of a brilliant way to look at it. Um, so I guess moving on from from the paid, and I'm sure I'll come back to that in a, you know, in a bit. How do you how do you actually seek out like how do you find these opportunities? Or, and, or, and I'm sure eventually they come to you. So I'm sure Grant, you, you obviously get a ton of requests now. But when you're just starting out, how do you actually find the right events. Yeah, you're right. And that the longer you speak, uh, the easier it is to find bookings because you, you've built a lot of relationships. You've built hopefully some referrals, some repeat business, that kind of stuff. But a lot of this in the beginning is guerrilla marketing, meaning that you are, uh, once you're really clear on who you want to speak to and what you want to speak about, then it's kind of a matter of figuring out, well, where do those people gather? What are the conferences? What are the events where those people hang out at? Uh, and how could I go speak at that type of conference? So for example, let's just say, let's say for you, Tom, you, you want to speak about book marketing. Okay. So who should we speak to on something like probably authors? Well, the the next thing I would do then is I would start to figure out where do authors gather, like both publish self publish. There's a lot of people that are authors, a lot of people that want to be authors, a lot of other people that are writers that want to promote their work. Where would those people gather? So what I found is the simplest place to start is just going to Google. And so I would go into Google and I would, I would look up something like author conference, Publishing conference, author association, author convention. Uh, you you could look this up by state as well. Colorado author conference, um, Tennessee author conference, and I'm some. The point here is I'm looking for specific types of events that would that are looking for speakers. That that talk about the subject or topic that that I'm interested in. So, if I, for example, uh, use Tom, let's say about uh, book marketing to authors, and let's say that great. Grant host a conference for authors and you come to me and say, Hey, I'm a speaker and I speak about, um, book marketing for authors. Uh, I would love to see if I could come to a workshop or a session for you. That totally aligns with what I'm looking for. I've got a group of authors coming to my event. So why wouldn't I want to have a conversation with you? Why wouldn't I consider bringing you to my event? But again, that comes down to you as the speaker being really, really specific on the, on the what and the, uh, and the who. Otherwise, if you say, Hey, I want to be a book marketing speaker, but I'm going to just anybody and ever, I'm going to the, um, this car conference or I'm going to this knitting conference and I'm saying, Hey, I speak about book marketing. Are you interested? No, I'm not interested. Like that doesn't align with what our audience is looking for. But if I'm speaking about the topics that that audience is interested in, then yeah, it's, it makes a, it makes total sense. And it seems like it'd be a really good fit. So that's a lot of it in the beginning. And in fact, um, you and I, were going to be co-hosting a, a workshop here soon, which I think we'll talk yep. a little about in a bit where we'll go into this a lot more in depth. So I found that Google is one of the best ways. And there's a lot of ways to find speaking engagements that are out there that hire speakers, that bring in speakers, that pay speakers. Um, so we, we're just scratching the surface right now for what we're going to talk about on that workshop. Yeah. And, and real quick for those who are interested um, and, and if you want to get paid to speak or if you want to do any speaking, um, even if it's not, not to get paid, you just want to get in front of an audience or, or whatever it is, spread your message. You should definitely head over to tomworkus.com slash grant, G-R-A-N-T. And uh, that'll be a, a splash page where you can sign up and, uh, 
and get access to the workshop that Grant's going to be hosting here shortly. So head over there um, and sign up if you want to learn kind of more in depth when we go when we really deep dive into this topic. And, and I'm pretty sure Grant, you'll be hosting kind of a Q&A session at the end of that presentation. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a lot of like just live training and teaching, really going way in depth on the subject and topic. And then we are going to be doing uh, we're going to be hanging out doing a just live Q&A, you and I. So and the nice thing, too, is uh I know a lot of your audience is interested in, in writing and publishing and, and uh, having a book. And so a lot of these things go hand in hand. And so, in fact, um, I have a self-published book that we've sold over 30,000 physical copies of, like physical copies, not, you know, not PDFs, not Kindle versions, but actual physical copies. And I would say that, you know, 90, 95% of those sales uh, have come as a direct result of my speaking, meaning I went and spoke somewhere, somebody liked it, and they come to the back of the room and they, you know, they'll buy a book for 10 bucks. Um, or I may go speak at a conference and, and oh, you have a book that's, uh, we'd like to order a copy for every one of our attendees, you know, like just yep. a couple days ago, for example, um, I spoke at Iowa State University and I go speak there every January and August for uh, their freshman orientations. And so in January, they have about 300, 400 uh, incoming freshmen and they buy a copy of my book for every one of those students. So uh, not only is it a great um, tool to help students beyond the, the speech and the presentation, but it's also a huge revenue generator for me that I go speak and they're going to pay me one fee and then they're going to buy a book for 300, 400 people. And that's another price on top of that. So I, I more or less doubled what I was able to generate in revenue because I had a book that I was able to, to use mm. in conjunction with my speaking. So, uh, I love speaking, that. yeah, speaking and books go really, really well hand in hand. Yeah. Some of the authors that we publish actually, um, that's kind of been our biggest source of, of sales. And it's it, obviously, you know, there's the certain context of, you know, depends on what the book is and so on and so sure, forth. Sure. But those that can be geared towards colleges, man, I'll tell you what, like, you know, a little asterisk here note for those who are listening, if you're publishing to that market, if at all, um, it can be very lucrative if you can tie in speaking. So when our authors get a speaking engagement and they order bulk, like you said, hundreds of, of books, those, those are really nice paydays um, and a great way to. And again, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you're an author and you're going to write and publish a book, um, it does go hand in hand, I think. So if you're a speaker, I think you benefit by having a book. And you can say, here's my basic, here's my business card, so to speak, um, and vice versa, that if you have a great book, um, getting on the stage will help you spread the message of that book further. So I think there, there's a great, that's a great combo. Well, and to tie into something you said earlier there, that um, as long as the book fits with the audience, and so that's why it's so important for you to get also really clear on what it is that you speak about. So it's yep. not the, well, you know, what do you speak? About? Well, I can talk to anybody about anything. Well, what's your book about? Well, it's for everybody. Well, like, no, like you want to know that when someone comes and hears you speak that like, oh yeah, by the way, I do have this follow-up resource or tool, this book, this curriculum, whatever it may be that fits perfectly with what it is that I just talked talked about or what it is that I just taught you. That's awesome. Real quick, I'm just curious, what's the book that you, uh, for when you go to speak at these colleges that, that people are buying in bulk? Yeah, so I have a, a book called Reality Check and it's a book for uh, for high school and college students. So it's really about how to make that transition from high school into college. So it's 50 short chapters, uh, four or five page chapters. Each chapter answers a different question. So things like, you know, should I go to college? How am I going to pay for college? What classes do I take? What do I major in? Job interviews, resumes, internships, credit cards, taxes, budgets, just like life 101 type stuff. And so that's why like most people don't like most of my entrepreneur friends don't know that I have a book. Why? Because yeah. it's not, it's not for them, right? It's for uh, 17 and 18 and 19 year olds. You know? So if I go speak at a high school or college, I'm going to talk yep. about the book. But whenever I'm talking to my, uh, my 20 something or 30 something, 40 something entrepreneur friends that they don't know I have a book cause it's not for them, you know? So making right. sure that the book aligns with the audience that you're speaking to. 
Mm, that's powerful. I love that. And again, you know, again, you know, take the, the for the listeners out there. Take I think there's some important lessons to take from that. But just like honing on the fact that this book um, and the speaking engagement, like it was, it, it was, it, it sounds like it, Grant obviously put put time and effort into thinking about this. It was methodical. Um, that's that's a particular book for a particular audience. It's a you know particular stage that he's getting on. Um, and I think that's really uh, important. And I'm I'm taking notes here for myself because I think this year I'd probably like to do a few speaking engagements. So I'm thinking to myself, who's the audience I want to get in front of? Um, how do I find them? How do I reach out? And then is there a book um, uh, that I can actually you know, use as kind of a, a calling card there too, and potentially get some bulk orders from. So all those kind of good challenging questions. So here's a question for you, Brent, uh, Grant, um, in, in terms of seeking it out, I can see like kind of just pitching potential conferences and events and so on and so forth, which I'm very comfortable doing. And I, I think anybody who's not just kind of get over yourself and just go for it. it trust me, the worst get, they can say is no. How about like, I've, I've been presented um, recently by, I, I won't name names or who, who the company is, um, I'm not quite sure of their operation, but it was one of those things where I got an invitation to speak at some event where they're going to basically bring in like two or 300 people. Um, they're already selling tickets. Um, I obviously need to get more details about what the conference actually is, but are there things to watch out for like that, that, that I wouldn't be aware of just like getting a, an offer like that initially, like is, you know, is, is, is there anything to watch out for when people like try to get you to speak? Or does that make sense? So if you're like, if they're reaching out to you and you're, they're acting like they don't have a budget. Well, no, not, I haven't gotten that far yet, but it, I looked at the website and it looked like maybe a service that like brings in speakers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know what they're going to, ha- what they're going to present, but I'm just curious if there are, and this, this is not necessarily, this, this might be totally above board, but I'm curious, but it made me think, wait a second, is there anything I should watch out for? If somebody like asked me to speak or, or what, like, what is the information I need to know? And what are there any pitfalls or anything to watch out for? So if someone just reaches out to you and they're they're asking you to, to come speak, what you should just be looking for, basically? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I I mean, most people that are going to reach out, it's going to be legit type of stuff. But um, I'm like, it's always good. Like if you just don't if you have no context at all of what this is. Yeah, then it's always worthwhile to do your due diligence, not necessarily from like a this is probably a scam, but it's, it's more of if I'm going to be considered for this conference. And a lot of times conference planners may be looking at a couple different speakers like I really want to know know what it is that that audience is about and what it is that they're looking for to make sure that I'm tailoring my presentation or my pitch to them uh, in such a way that it makes sense. So even though I may like the topic and the content of what I may speak about may not change that much, but I want to make sure that I tweak it a little bit for the context of who I'm speaking to. Meaning, um, for example, if I speak about... um, if I speak about, uh, uh, let's just say customer service, okay? Um, I can speak about customer service to a group of authors, but I could also speak about customer service to, uh, let's say a, a group of, um, um, of dentists, you know? So even though it's a different context of who I'm speaking to, the content could stay pretty much the same, but I want to talk about, okay, hey, whenever you're, whenever you're, you know, new people, new patients come into your office, let's talk about some different ways that we can apply customer service to that specific situation. So something like that, I, I just want to be familiar with, with their context and maybe some of their lingo so I can make sure that I'm applying it uh, to them whenever I'm, whenever I'm, I'm even just talking to the decision maker up front. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming up to the top of the, uh, the conversation. I know I've, I've, I've uh, taken your time for, for long enough at this point, but I've got a couple of kind of, I think relevant uh, closing questions, so to speak. Would you, when you're, when you're doing this stuff, you're doing these presentations, are you big on um, having the slides and being um, like, 
you know, line by line prepared. Um, what's your level of preparation before an event? Yeah, well, a couple questions there. So let's let's talk about the preparation. Then let's talk about the slides part of it. Okay. Um, so the preparation, yeah, it's like I think sometimes there's this misconception that good speakers just get up there and they just wing it. Okay, they don't. All right, little trick of the trade. Uh, good speakers spend a lot of time practicing, preparing, rehearsing, just going over their material, so that by the time they get up there, it's not like necessarily like um, uh, like I never want to. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll try to like manuscript out a talk and I never want to memorize it verbatim. It's not like, you know, if you're memorizing the lyrics to a song, you need to know every lyric verbatim. Right. But if you're telling a story uh, that like the you can get the spirit of the story and the gist of the story, but may change how the story is told. So that's really what I want to do is I want to I want to know where I'm going in a conversation, but I don't want to be so deep inside of my head that everything has to be said this exact perfectly scripted way. Like there's, there's I think there's times where like any of us we have listened to speakers and it's very very scripted it feels very like they're just so deep in their own head they're just not with the audience at all so whenever i get up and speak i want to make sure that i've spent you know oftentimes hours preparing rehearsing pacing the office my, my office or a hotel room just talking to myself literally spending time just talking to myself going over the material making sure that I, not that it's verbatim not that it's word for word but i just know where i'm going with the with the presentation the now let's talk about the slide part of it I personally don't use slides. Um, slides can work really, really well, but I always, I believe, uh, and one of the things that we teach people is that uh, if you're going to use slides, PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever, they need to be an enhancement to your presentation and not a replacement of your presentation. Because there's a lot of times where speakers will get up there and they're just they're reading off the slides. And it's just you know a ton of bullet points, a ton of text. It's really, really heavy. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're just going to show a slide and just read them, like, we don't need you, you know? So if you think of it this way, if you got up and you're getting ready to speak and your slides go down and there's technology malfunctions and it just doesn't work, is your talk still solid? Can your talk still stand on its own? And if it can't, then you're not ready yet. So it should be an enhancement, mm -hmm. not a replacement uh, to your presentation. So I think I think slides are, are great. And I, I know a lot of speakers use them really, really effectively. Uh, I just, um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of little glitches, a lot of little nuances that can happen with technology. So um, even though I know they can be an enhancement, I've just never, I, I'd rather my, my talk stand on its own as being a, a good presentation. That's awesome. Okay, cool. And then I guess finally, um, any key kind of uh, you know, bits of information? I know we'll dive deeper into this during the uh, the live workshop. So guys, if you're interested in a live workshop, go to tomorkus.com slash grant, and we'll be able to go into this way more depth, which I'm really excited for. But uh, any closing kind of comments or thoughts, um, in particular, like maybe, you know, what makes a good presentation? Like what makes a successful speaker? Yeah, I think uh, I think a couple things. One is that the the more often you speak, the better you become. And so for for a lot of people, maybe you, you spoke once or twice, it was a lot of fun, and you're like, okay, how do I get better? How do I think the way that you get better is that, that you just continue to do it. You know, so I mean, we can talk about it all day long in terms of of the art of speaking, but you you don't you learn by actually doing it. Meaning that I've got you know I've got three little daughters, and so if I was trying to teach one of my girls to ride her bike, we could watch YouTube videos, we could read blog posts. I mean, we could. 
it. We could look at, at manuals about how to ride a bike. But how do you learn to ride a bike? You get on the freaking bike and you ride it, you know? So meaning, so as a speaker, there's going to be times where you speak and it just doesn't go well. That, that's okay. It's going to happen to everyone. I've had times where I've bombed. So the, the, you become a better speaker by actually speaking. Uh, and you figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and then I also think just having a long-term perspective on the, on the business, knowing that that one talk that you did, it won't be the first talk. It won't be the last talk. Um, and so you can always continue to refine it, to improve, to get better at what it is that you do as a speaker. Love it. Grant, thanks so much. And then where can people reach out uh, to find out more about you and your work and uh, and learn from you um, on this subject? Yeah, so everything that we do right now is over at thespeakerlab.com. Speakerlab. And then uh, we have a podcast over there as well, the Speaker Lab podcast, where we interview uh, speakers. We do a lot of uh, listener Q&A, do some teaching and training. Um, so you can check out all that over there. We've got a free email course people can check out to help you get started as a speaker. But I think the best thing is is definitely, uh, Tom, you, you've talked about it a few times with that uh, this free workshop that we're going to be doing um, on February the 2nd. It's going to be a awesome time. I'm really, really looking forward to this. But uh, be teaching and training all about how to get started as a speaker. Uh, plus, like you said, doing a, a lot of... Just Q&A and answering any questions live that people have about this. So uh, definitely register for that over at uh, uh, what was the URL, TomMorkus.com slash grant. So uh, Correct. make sure people uh, stop by and check that out for sure. Definitely. We'll make sure it's linked up with the show notes and I'll be pushing people your way uh, to have this conversation because I want to dive more in depth on this and, uh, and hijack more of your time. So I appreciate it, Grant. Thank you so much for being on the call. You bet, buddy. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you'd like to check out the show notes, just head over to tommorcus.com slash podcast, where you'll find the latest broadcast. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's the fastest, simplest, easiest way to support my creative work, and it would really mean a lot to me. As always, this is Tom Morcus, and if you're listening to this, you are the resistance.